You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on this season of Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 354. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good part one of back-to-back weeks from Casey Costa of the Big D. She will be on the podcast today talking about her time on the Big D, and we will get to her momentarily. Casey, as you know, finished second on the Big D. She had partnered up with Ben, her ex-husband Brooks. She came to Costa Rica with. Brooks was eliminated, the first person eliminated from the show. Came back on the show at the end, was one of the voters. Because, you know, everybody that left the show ended up voting on who won. They ended up voting for Devin and Alexis, who you've heard on this podcast. Now you're hearing from Casey to talk about her experience on the show, how she got there, Brooks, their relationship, what happened at the end when he did come back, their fighting, what happened with her and Ben post-show. Was there anything that there was a possibility there between them? We talk about all that this week on the podcast. I would like to direct you as well to the Daily Roundup. It's already in your feed. It was posted a couple hours ago, but a lot of good talk as yesterday. The Golden Bachelor contestant women, the women contestants, were finally revealed yesterday. I was able to spoil the final three for you and also who are in the final two. Today is the final rose ceremony in Costa Rica. So if and when I find out who won between, well, mute or fast forward if you don't want to hear who the final two are on Gary's season of The Golden Bachelor. It is Leslie and it is Teresa. Leslie has, uh, people in the Minnesota area probably know the name. Her last name is F-H-I-M-A. And as I said on the Daily Roundup, I don't know if the F is silent or not. I don't know if it's FEMA's or it's just HEMA's. I don't know. So I'll just go with FEMA's. And FEMA's is a restaurant in Minnesota, apparently very popular. That is Leslie's ex-husband. He owns that restaurant. He also owns, I could be mispronouncing this one too, Mason Margot in Minnesota, M-A-I-S-O-N. If it's not Mason, it's Maison. I don't know. But they, her ex-husband owns both of those restaurants. And I can tell you that when they had her hometown date in Minnesota, they went to Mason Margot. They did not go to FEMA's. They went to Mason Margot. So um, Leslie is in the final two along with Teresa. Teresa is in banking. She's 69 years old. She's from Shrewsbury, New Jersey. So it's hard to tell anything at this point. You know, I mean, if you guess, you got a 50-50 shot of being right. Nobody knows what's happened on the show. Nobody knows who he has the best connection with, anything like that. Um, You know, Leslie's 64 and Teresa is 69. I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to pick Leslie. She's the younger one. Not necessarily. I mean, we we just don't know. We just don't know how the relationships were on the show. Did both of them get one-on-one dates? How did they go? How did they interact? We just, we just don't know 
and we won't know for another month in terms of seeing them interact on the show. Maybe I will find out before the season starts who he ended up picking between Leslie and Teresa. But those are your final two. The third woman who got a hometown date but got eliminated at the final three rose ceremony was Faith. Faith Martin, who it says on her bio on EW.com, where they released all the women yesterday, that she is a teacher. But her background and the things that are I'm seeing online show more to the fact that she's in radio. She's a DJ on 94.9 The Wolf up in Washington in the Tri-Cities area. She hosts the 3 to 7 show on that country station. So I don't know why they have teacher in there, but that seems to be her main job is she's a radio host. She has a website, thefaithmartin.com. She's got songs on Spotify you can listen to. Really good singer. Seems like she's part of it. She also sings in a band, I think. So, um, yeah, she finished third. And so those were the things that I posted yesterday. Now, we don't know if there's going to be a – we did find and and get the confirmation that Patty James, Matt James' mother – is one of the 22 women who's one of the contestants this season. She obviously did not get to the final three. I don't know how long Patty lasted on the show. Don't know how far she got. But I think the fact that when Matt James was asked about this days after, I think it was the New York Post came out and said that Matt James' mother was in the running to be a contestant on The Golden Bachelor, Matt James was asked about it when he did an interview with Rachel in regards to they were promoting some product at some event. And somebody in the... The interviewer asked him, and he's like, I have no idea. I have no idea what my mom's doing. And she's like, really, Matt? I mean, all you got to do is text her or call her. You know, <laughs> if she's off filming, her phone would be off. And I, I'm guessing you know, I'm guessing your mother told you if she was going on as a contestant on a show that you were the lead on. So I, I, I think once Matt said that weeks ago, it pretty much confirmed that Patty was going to be a contestant because if she wasn't, he would have just been like, no, she's not doing it. So... Um, I don't know how long she lasted, but we got our official, official confirmation yesterday, uh, in regards to, in regards to Patty James being on the show. Uh, I think one thing that's interesting that a lot of people are talking about is the fact that April Kirkwood is on the show. She is a contestant. I don't know how long she lasts, but she has a pretty fascinating story because she released a book back in 2015, and that book is called Big Girls Do Cry, My Love Affair with Frankie Valli. So you're like, oh, she was involved with Frankie Valli. When she was 16 and he was 39, just a bizarre, bizarre backstory for her. I'm wondering, is this going to come up on the show? I mean, she's written a book about it. This isn't something that I'm you know, breaking or anything exclusive here. If you uh, Google April Kirkwood, Frankie Valley, you're going to find a ton of interviews and a ton of articles that have excerpts from her book that she released back then. But I mean, is isn't that a sexual predator? Isn't that statutory rape? Shouldn't Frankie Valley be in jail for this? Or, Or once she told her story, was it? well past the statute of limitations. But she, it wasn't like, oh, I had sex with Frankie Valley. It was a decades-long affair that she had with him, and she knew that she was just one of the many women that he had, but he would fly her to places, put her up at hotels, the Holiday Inn. She said that she, said she lost her virginity at 16 to a 39-year-old Frankie Valley at a Holiday Inn. 
and she tells the details behind it. It's kind of disturbing. The whole story is a little bit disturbing. But this book is out there. It's been out there since 2015. So if you're interested, go read it. But, and as I said on the Daily Roundup, I always mix up Frankie Valley and Frankie Avalon because they were both around the same time, right? And they both had a name of Frankie. They both kind of look alike. <laughs> kind of? No? I don't know. I, 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 Frankie Avalon, I know, is, you know, the one... Even though I get confused, um, because sometimes I'm like, wait, was it Frankie Valley or Frankie Avalon that sang Beauty School dropped out, Dropout in Greece? And it was Frankie Avalon. Thank God. Because it really would have tainted my image of Greece if I found out that that was Frankie Valley that sang it. And now hearing this story of this 39-year-old pervert that was preying on a 16-year-old girl back in the 60s. You know, so anyway... Yikes. That's all I got to say about that. This podcast is brought to you by Way. Whether you're fine, medium, or thick, Way is your type. No matter what your hair needs, volume, shine, hydration, their shampoos and conditioners are made to give your strands exactly what they need, helping you with multiple hair concerns to get on your way to good hair days every single day. I've talked about this. I'm not a guy that has a lot of hair. I wish I had more hair, but I don't. But I take care of the hair that I do have, and when I partnered with Way, I was like, whoa, wait a second, because I was always using generic brand name shampoo. I was just like, okay, let's just try this. And, you know, I guess I, I, I guess I should say I didn't really take the greatest care of my hair, but ever since I partnered with Way and came along and they sent me their products, I absolutely love it. So get on your way to healthier hair one day at a time with shampoos and conditioners, that are just your type. Way is spelled differently. You got to go to theway.com. That's T H E O U A I.com. Use promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your entire purchase. That's theway.com. T H E O U A I.com. Promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your entire purchase. All right, let's get going. Podcast number 354. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, you saw her on this season of the Big D, finishing in second place. It is Casey Costa. Casey, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? Good. Uh, we've got a lot to get here in a very short amount of time, so let's go. All right, how did you get on the show? Go. <laughs> so the way I got on the show actually was a complete surprise. I was on Instagram and I never usually look at my DMs and I actually had a DM from a producer and they said that they were producing a new reality show and that they had been watching my content on TikTok and because I've always been very open about divorce and being a single mom. And so they said that they felt I would be perfect for this show. And I was like, yeah, right. Like you guys are human traffickers. I didn't believe it. Honestly, I didn't believe it one bit. And the casting producer was like, fair enough. If you would like to look us up um, and then maybe get back to me. And so I looked them up and I was like, oh shit, they're legit. And so I wrote back and I was like, hi, sorry about that. Yeah, let's start over. (laughs) And so, yeah, we went forward with the casting process, and it it all happened. Well, I mean, that's where you kind of have made your name, um, among other places, is you've got almost a million followers on TikTok and over 11 million likes. So clearly, you kind of, and, you, and you're very good at your videos, they're very entertaining, and you do kind of 
break down the stigma uh, of divorce on that thing. So I think that's why. I mean, you've got a big following on there, so it makes sense of of why they'd come after you, especially a show that is about divorce. I mean, not surprising they went after you. So one of the things that you first did when you got on the show, one of the first things you said was, you know, your ex-husband comes on the show with you, Brooks, and you say, one of the first things you said was, I want to get my ex-husband laid on the show. <laughs> and I don't know, do you look back on that now and are like, eh, maybe I shouldn't have said that? Or do you like, I don't care, that's that's what you wanted. 1,000%. And first of all, I, I just, I want to thank you um, for, you know, talking about my content and kind of, kind of breaking the stigma about, you know, how people see and visualize divorce and what it should look like and, and how my content is basically not shaming that. So I appreciate you saying that, Steve. And yes, when I first got on the show, I will say out of anything, I fully regret, I really do. I will be absolutely accountable. I fully regret saying what I said when I was like, all right, who's ready to fuck Brooks? I felt like that was, looking back at it, it was so aggressive and it seemed so heartless. And my my intention at the time, in a way, was we were in this house with all these divorcees and we did not truly know each couple's or ex-couple's dynamic yet. Like some would say, oh, I'm over him, but then obviously not be. And so for me, the way I said that, it was so aggressive, but I, I, in a way, I wanted to make it clear to the girls, he is a green light. You guys can have him. Like, I, I kind of wanted to make it so vulgar. Like, girls, I wouldn't even care if you fucked him, you know? Yeah. My only thing, though, Steve, is I will say, hand to God, that I did not know Brooks could hear me at the time. I didn't. Us girls, we were like walking outside on these little, like kind of in a mini outside area where these couches were. Brooks was mingling with the guys in the kitchen. I'm loud as shit and I totally feel like I can't hear myself. And he heard that and that killed me. I truly, I, I hated that about myself there, but I really did. I just wanted to make it very clear to the girls. Like, please, if you find him interesting or attractive, please, I applaud that because I wanted him, I really wanted him to meet someone and to move on and fall in love and, and find happiness. Did you know that Brooks wanted to seemingly use this show to try and win you back? Cause it was clear that was his goal in all this. And he was kind of doing everything he could to torpedo any chances you had of finding someone on this show. Were you aware going into this, that that was going to be his ploy? You know, I had been aware, I mean, prior to the show, it, he never stopped wanting to get back together. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I knew, I knew going into it, it was it, what his preference was going to be, but I also felt like, okay, we are going to be kind of in a dating scene where there are these beautiful women who kind of have something where he can relate to and they can relate to. Like we all had one thing in common and that was divorce. And I kind of felt like that would almost give Brooks a sense of comfort and confidence at the same time. Had he met one of the ladies on the show and realized, you know, yes, we both have this in common and we both want to find love and move on. And, you know, to be honest, Steve, when, when I told Brooks about, being offered to be on the show, I had asked him, was, was this something you want to do? And his exact words were, I was built for reality TV. 
And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, buddy. Like, and, and so, he, cause he, he was obsessed with big brother. He's loved the challenge, all those shows. I mean, even when we were married, we would watch every reality show together. Um, so he, he was gun ho about being on reality TV and I was gun ho about him finding love with a woman who could say relate to his situation. So he w- ended up being the first one gone and you start exploring other relationships. It started with Dean, but then once Ben came into the house, it was clearly, obviously you and Ben were, were connected from then. Um, was it hard because Angelique seemingly was your best friend in the house were there convos between you and Angelique that you had between you two that maybe weren't even shown where she kind of like you, like gave you the go ahead, like, Hey, I want to move on from Ben totally fine with it. Or was she ever jealous to your face or even behind your back about your connection with Ben? Well, you know, one thing about Angelique is she is so good at being completely honest and transparent about how she's feeling, whether she's feeling one way one day and then a different way a different day. She will articulate that. Um, And, you know, there is it does show even on the show. She she does tell me it's hard for her to see Ben kind of having a connection with somebody. And to me, um, you know, that was kind of hard because it was, you know, she was so excited for Ben to meet me and, and she wanted, it was almost like a similar thing. Like she wanted him to move on, wanted him to be happy. And then when Ben and I started, you know, really connecting and pursuing, I mean, this, this amazing connection, I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because she's one of my best friends, but also I now I feel like I'm stepping on toes and ruffling feathers and I and it was hard for her but she I do applaud her for being honest about her feelings but it really was a challenging situation to do the, all of this in front of each other. So one episode we saw you checking messages from Brooks text messages that really triggered you because he was getting upset because he heard you were getting close to somebody in the house. Um tell everybody why this really upset you a lot and is this something that I'm I'm seeming I'm from what I gathered what we saw later on when he showed back up this seemed to be some sort of pattern in your relationship with Brooke. So tell everybody kind of why that triggered you. So as you saw when I was talking to Amber as as we were working out I I was rattled by it because this really was what I was used to. I that basically I was always going to forever be punished if I were to ever move on and pursue anything. And the thing is, is I I was getting these text messages, you know, basically that I was just like, it was quote, kicking him in the balls. And, and to me, it, it really hurt me because I would never do this to hurt him. I truly wanted him to move on. I did not know that I was going to make this amazing connection with Ben, but I was doing it in the most respectable way, you know, Ben and I, we, we hadn't slept together. We weren't, we weren't like drunkenly hooking up. We were just really innocently developing this, this beautiful connection. And it was so hard for me and very triggering for me finally to the core because I had so much respect for Ben and to know that Brooks was coming basically like a hurricane and was going to definitely go after him and me 
on something that really wasn't wrong. I mean, again, I think what people are sometimes misunderstanding is I'm divorced. I have made it clear and I have been nothing but honest that I do not want to get back together with Brooks. It's too little too late. And I want to finally move on with my life. And I want things that money can't buy. I want love. I want affection. I want connection. I want a beautiful, you know, intimate life. And, and that's what I want. And it is not a crime for me as a divorced woman to ever pursue that if it should come my way again. And so to know that it was going to constantly be sabotaged by my ex-husband, it was, it was terrifying. So Brooks reappears at the end of the show, and it was interesting because he brought up for the first time all season that you guys have a child together. Social media, people knew. Anybody that followed you clearly on TikTok, anybody that followed your Instagram, whether it was pre-show or once you became a contestant on the show, they're like, oh, I want to check out our Instagram. You clearly talk about your son a lot. So social media, people knew. But it was the first time mentioned on the show. Was that purposely done? Why was it you having a kid with Brooks brought up earlier? Because there were other women in the house. Uh, Didi has a child with Takur, and um, Angelique has two children with Ben, and we just never heard that being brought up on the show. Was it something to where you guys all got together and said, you know what, let's let's keep our kids out of this? Or what was the, what was the reasoning behind... Um, your child with Brooks never being brought up because I would think that that played a major role in, you know, having to co-parent with the guy. He's going to be in your life for the rest of your life because you share a child with him. So this Steve is a very good question. Very good question. Because the thing is out of all of us who were on the show, you know, quite a few of us are parents, right? We quite a few of us share a child with our ex. And that's why it got brought up because no matter how toxic any of the other couples were in whatever situation, not one of them ever, 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 ever threw their children in each other's face. And that was another thing that I was constantly dealing with. So it was brought up in a malicious way as, as a collateral over my head. And that was one thing that was toxically unique about our situation. Interesting. Um, You know, when you talk about toxically unique, the blow up that you guys had once Brooks came back on the show uh, where you guys went outside and he threw a lot of stuff in your face about buying you a car. Um, He said, you know, good luck to Ben. You won't even make it past Christmas with her. Clearly, you and Brooks do not have a great relationship. But explain what that fight was all about. Explain because there was a lot of yelling. We couldn't get any sort of logical explanation about why he brought up a car and what you were saying in return. So make that clear for everybody what happened there. Thank you for asking this because the reason why that blow up was so big and he threw the car in my face, first and foremost, I didn't ask for the car. I didn't. He told me after work to come meet him at the dealership. He had already signed the papers I wouldn't have even been able to qualify for that car. And mind you, it's just a Toyota, but I didn't make any money. Not, not good enough money for a newer car at the time. And so the thing is, is he brought that up and this is why it was such a big blow up. And this is why I talk about how I want things that money can't buy because just because you buy me a fucking Toyota, does not mean you get to treat me however you want to treat me 
in a relationship. I don't care. I'd rather have no car and ride a bicycle and have love and affection and attention. And so that's why it was so triggering. Cause again, it was like, we had this, we had this really intense conversation slash argument that really got exploded. And again, it was like, he's like, I bought you a car. And so for me, I'm like, that does not mean I need to say, okay, master, I'm your wife forever. I, I take the car, take the clothes off my back. I don't care. I literally just want things that money can't buy. That is more important to me. And that is priceless. So where is your relationship at with Brooks now? I mean, it sounds like it's just, it's never going to be really good between you two, but where is it at now? Because you got to remember, as I've mentioned numerous times this season with my audience, you know, the show was shot back in March of 2021. We are in, you know, uh, we're August 31st. This is two and a half years later. So where is everything with your relationship with Brooks now? Um, I would say it's pretty comparable to what you saw on the show, mm. unfortunately. Um, with all this time that has passed, you know. What about, wait, he, I, I want to jump in here. What about during the show? Like when the show is airing and you're getting all this camera time and you're on all the episodes and he's out in the first episode and then comes back in the last one, what was that dynamic like? Was he saying anything to you during this time when the show was airing? He, so during, during the show that during the show, during filming, and then even, you know, even current, current day, everything's always been about the one thing that is true collateral or the one thing that could truly hurt me. And that is the fact that we share a son. I, for some reason, Steve, I mean, I, and I'm not trying to act like a victim here. I'm not trying to get people to feel sorry for me, but in, in my life, in my situation, with my ex-husband is I will constantly, constantly be a punching bag because I left my marriage and he has a girlfriend and, you know, quote moved on and is so happy. But for some reason, I mean, he still, he doesn't want to hear about Ben and I, it's like, if you're moved on and so happy, then why, why would Ben and I be such a trigger still, you know, it, so it's just, it's still, it's not what I wish it was. I just wish like he could have his girlfriend and move on and be happy. We share our son equally and just truly wish each other the best because we made a beautiful, beautiful, amazing son together. And it's okay that we didn't work out, but we can still, we can still coexist. It that We don't need to be opponents because during our marriage, we were opponents. And then post-marriage, we were opponents. We were never a team. And I think that's what kills me the most is I, I don't have the energy to constantly be at odds with each other, but some people take great pleasure in putting energy into such things. Yeah. I mean, it does, it does suck because like I said, he's going to be part of your life and we kind of saw it on the show, like and you and your, you were emotional about it. And the fact that, you know, this is kind of what he does. Like, I don't know, guys might be scared off of me in the future because of Brooks and he's just because he's not easy to get along with and he's going to make he's always going to be sticking his neck in, you know, his business when it's probably not asked for or wanted. So, um, yeah, it's got to be a little bit frustrating. I want to get back one thing on the show. You know, you got to the end with Ben against Devin and Alexis. Just put yourself back to March of 2021 
Did you guys think you were going to win? Did you guys think you were going to get the majority of the votes in the House, or did you kind of know that this was Devin and Alexis's to win? Not a chance. Oh. Not a chance. <laughs> I did not think Ben nor I thought for one second we even had a chance to win. Because if you look at Joe and Takor's questions, I mean, they are laser beam focused on these pressing questions about like, well, what are the red flags? And in my eyes, I was so, I was so intimidated and shut down by then that I literally wish I could have said, we don't have any red flags because we're not fucking toxic within five minutes like you are, is what I wanted to say. Yeah. Literally what I wanted to say. Because Ben and I, I mean, truly, Ben and I were the only couple in the house that didn't have a fight. We just didn't. We we truly respected each other and had been through enough that we just, like, we truly valued peace and respect. And so all of these other couples, whether new or rekindled, they all have these weird challenges. I mean, and mind you, Joe and Takor, especially within the first five minutes, fucking celebrity death match. So, and, so I just... I just knew that people were gunning for us. And also in respect to Devin and Alexis, I mean, they had a beautiful love story. You know, they, I was, I mean, Lex is one of my best friends and Devin is one of my best friends. We talk every day and I just, I knew more about their relationship and the depths of their relationship. I lived with them, you know, for a long time. And so for me, I was good with not winning, but we also knew that we probably weren't going to win. We were the final two, very grateful, but I, I didn't feel defeated standing next to them and losing. I, I felt like the right couple won without a doubt. And finally, to wrap things up here, um, just talk about post-show. Uh, what happened with Ben? Did you guys try uh, to do anything? Was it too hard because, you know, you're in California, he's in Utah, you both have kids. I mean, what happened post-show? Did you did you try to make it work? Have you seen him? Where does your relationship with Ben stand right now? Post-show was, it was this beautiful yet sad ending because Ben and I post-show, we, it was just like you said, we both knew that we were rooted in our own different states. I share custody with Brooks and Ben shares custody with Angelique and you know, we're in California and they're in Utah. And, you know, that, that again, with being a divorcee, but then being a single parent on top of it, you don't really get that much wiggle room. If you share custody, you know, with your ex, you don't get to just relocate easily and, you know, uproot your child's life. I I mean, and I agree, it shouldn't be that easy. I, I, I would never want to change Brody's life. Um, at the drop of a hat. But so I think Ben and I both, we both just truly loved our connection and have nothing but respect. And we had such an attraction for each other, but we also just knew logistically to pursue anything. It would just be so hard. And again, Brooks, Brooks truly hated, hated the situation the whole time to the core. He voted for us in the end, but he, he was not about it. Like, he voted for us, but only because he also knew that we were a loss. Well, I mean, I think I can speak for a lot of people when we say you were probably the most entertaining person on the show this season. <laughs> you kept everybody on your toes. I think I called you a firecracker a couple times in, 
in podcasts with Jojo and Jordan and Dr. Jada. Everyone, it seemed like everybody calls you a firecracker. I'm sure you've gotten yeah. a lot in your life. Um, so I appreciate you coming on, sharing your story, everything that happened there. And I am sure, Casey, we will be in touch and be hearing from you very, very shortly. So thanks again, Casey, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. It was such a pleasure. I love your podcast, and I'm just so grateful for this. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to Casey for coming on. I hope you really enjoyed that. It was good to get a little background and a little insight to what happened to her on the Big D. Next week, you are going to get a Bafo story, a little more background on Casey Costa as a person, as a human, her childhood, which... I've teased this for the last month. One of the worst childhoods ever. Not great parenting at all that she had in her life. And I would suggest tuning in next week. I would leave it at that. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Check out the Daily Roundup if you haven't yet. If you're interested in sports, you're interested in gambling, check out the Sports Daily. That's also up. But... This one, podcast number 354. Hope you enjoyed it with Casey Costa. So please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review if you can. For Casey Costa, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!